we are in part two of this series called Have You Heard? And we ended last week with this kind of exercise of like breathing. And we talked about how the Holy Spirit is breath through the Old Testament, New Testament, and it's this wind and this breath that gives life. And there's this invitation to breathe and invite the Holy Spirit in your life. Have you been doing that this week? Like taking small moments where you just say like, Holy Spirit, I need you. Holy Spirit, fill me. Holy Spirit, lead the way. Holy Spirit, guide me. Like if I have one prayer for this series, it would make us more aware of how the Holy Spirit is working in our lives. Philip Yancey writes, the church exists primarily not to provide entertainment to encourage or to encourage vulnerability or to build self-esteem or to facilitate friendships. It does all of those things. But that's not the primary purpose in why the church exists. It exists to worship Jesus. Philip Anzi says if it fails in that, it fails. Then he goes on to say, I've learned that ministers, the music, the sacraments, and other trappings of worship are mere promptings to support the ultimate goal of getting worshipers to experience Jesus. And that's my hope for this church, for all the churches in our community, all the churches in our nation, all the churches in our world, that it's easy to put on a service that, that attracts people. It's easy to get an okay preacher, to get a good worship team, to get the lights, the building, the kids' ministry, all the different ministries that we do. It's easy to get all those things. It's not easy. You know what I'm saying. It's easy to get all those things going and then go, all right, people, Come. But is that the reason why we want people to come to church? No. No, I want people to come to church because they experience the Holy Spirit here. Because lives are transformed here. Because there is a power in what we do and how we live that's countercultural. This shows people who Jesus is. All the other stuff is, is fine. All the other stuff is great. But if we don't have the Holy Spirit and that power, it's just clanging symbols that aren't really doing much. So we invite the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we invite you here. You are already here working, but we invite you here to fill us. Last week, we kicked off our series 
by talking about the Trinity and, and each person within the Trinity. And, and then we talked about how God's the creator and God's residence is in heaven. Jesus is the savior and his residence is in heaven next to his father, next to God. And then we talked about the Holy Spirit who is the helper, who's the advocate, who's the guide. And where is the Holy Spirit? Here on earth. And we talked about Jesus as he's ending his ministry in his life, and he's trying to set up his followers for what's to come next. He's going, the story is not over. The story is really just beginning. There is more that I'm calling you to, more that you are going to experience, and it's going to be awesome. John 14. The Father will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth, the world cannot accept him because it is neither, neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives in you. Then you continue on to John 16. Go ahead and read John chapters 14, 15, 16. It is beautiful. It is awesome. Take time and just sit in those chapters. But John 16, as Jesus is talking more about the work of the Holy Spirit, in verse 13, he says this, But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. That he will guide is a phrase in the original Greek language. And in the original Greek language, that phrase means to guide, to lead, to teach. So Jesus is saying the Holy Spirit is going to do all sorts of things. Uh, He's going to come and help you. He's going to come and convict the world of sin. He's going to come and help people see Jesus. He's going to come and he is going to lead you and guide you in your everyday life. Have you experienced the Holy Spirit leading you and guiding you? And then the follow-up questions. What ways do you wish you would experience the Holy Spirit today as you're in the midst of trying to figure life out? Maybe it's a big decision you're trying to figure out. Maybe it's a circumstance. Maybe it's a relationship. And you're sitting here trying to figure out, Holy Spirit, how do I navigate this? Today, we're going to talk about the question that I receive the most in terms of the Holy Spirit. How do I know it's me? And how do I know it's the Holy Spirit? One of my favorite times in my life so far, it was a complicated time. Uh, There were a lot of struggles going on during that time, but it's also the time when I experienced, uh, Emily experienced the Holy Spirit maybe the most so far. And it was when we were called to plant this church. And before we said yes to planting this church, to moving from Red Wing, Minnesota, coming here with no people, no money, and starting this church, 
there were a ton of questions. In the year prior to that, to making that decision, we were asking some hard questions. What are we supposed to do next? We feel like it's time Jesus has something for us. It's time for us to move on. It's time to do something else. What do we do? Well, there's this option. Well, there's this option. Well, there's this option. Well, we could do this over here. We could scrap all of that all together and do it on this path. And it was an amazing time that whole year of seeing the Holy Spirit give answers orchestrate conversations, orchestrate funds, orchestrate people coming together. And I remember towards the end of, like, as we were searching, as we were praying, as we were taking small steps here and there, I remember it was kind of one week that came in this big culmination of this big year. I was taking seminary classes, and it seemed like every seminary class was growing me, was was impacting me in every conversation and and praying and there were prayers being answered and prayers not being answered that we were waiting on and and it culminated in this week where me, in my experience, I was sitting there doing the dishes. Holy Spirit can speak whenever, even during ordinary mundane tasks. I was doing the dishes and just praying and, and thinking, Jesus, is this what we're supposed to do? Are we supposed to go and start a church? Jesus, I'm scared. Jesus, I don't know how that's going to look. Jesus, I'm scared of, of, of all the things that come with that. We don't have any people. We don't have any money. We don't know where we're supposed to go. How are we supposed to do this? Sitting there washing the dishes. I just felt this peace. You know, people are always like, I heard from Jesus. Jesus told me to do this. The Holy Spirit told me to do this. I want to encourage you. Whenever somebody asks that, ask them, what did that look like? Like, really? Like, like how did you experience that? For me, washing dishes, scrubbing the dishes, I just felt this peace come over me. And, and it was this peace of going, just do it. Just trust. During that time, I had that verse in Hebrews 10, I think it's 10 or 11, where it says, God is the architect. God is the builder. All you need to do is just trust what he's doing. Small steps of faith. And then after that experience... We were at church the next Sunday, and we were preaching through Acts. And I remember Emily, I didn't tell Emily I was going to share this, but Emily came home, and she goes, I heard, I think I heard from the Holy Spirit today. I said, well, well great. What did the Holy Spirit say? And she said, I'm not quite ready to say it yet. Okay. So then we start into the week. We're in this big decision Do we stay with our current ministry? Do we go? What's Jesus calling us to? I'm having this peace of like, okay, it's time to go. I'm praying, Jesus, if if we're really Holy Spirit, if we're really supposed to do this, you got to speak to Emily too, because we're kind of a package deal. So I had a meeting later that week. I came home. I said, Em, what did the Holy Spirit say to you on Sunday? She said, we were singing a song. We were worshiping Jesus 
and I felt, I was praying about what we're supposed to do, what decision we're supposed to make. And she said, I feel like I heard as clear as I think I could in, in a small voice. The answer to my question, what are we supposed to do? Are we supposed to do this? Are we supposed to do that? Just do it. During worship, as clear as one can hear from the Holy Spirit, just do it. Go. Got on the phone. Okay. Let's take the steps to plant. We both feel and heard from the Holy Spirit confirmation that this is the path we are supposed to walk down. We don't know what that's going to look like. We don't know what's going to happen, how it's going to happen. We don't know anything except we have confirmation. We feel like that it's time to take a step. How about you? When you've heard from the Holy Spirit or felt like the Holy Spirit was leading you down a path, what was that experience like? What did you hear? What did you feel? What steps of faith did you take? The Bible, it's interesting, the Bible has all sorts of generalities covered about how we are supposed to live, right? Like, the Bible is our general guide, and then the Holy Spirit is our specific guide. In the Bible, we say, oh, we're supposed to love our neighbor. Oh, we're supposed to be generous. Oh, we're supposed to go and tell people about Jesus. We're supposed to be people of of good character. And when we fall from that, we're supposed to confess and be redeemed by Jesus. We're supposed to be people that live in forgiveness and offer forgiveness. We're supposed to be people that have integrity, that show other people who Jesus is. So all of that stuff is like are things that we collectively are to do. Now, what's the Holy Spirit's role? See, the Bible doesn't tell me what job to take. The Bible doesn't tell me what to major in. The Bible doesn't tell me which neighbor to go and love. The Bible doesn't tell me who to be generous with so that they are blessed. The Bible doesn't tell me Excuse me. The Bible doesn't tell me who to go talk to because the Holy Spirit's already working in their life. The Bible doesn't tell me who I'm supposed to go talk to because that's going to begin a work in someone's life that the Holy Spirit will continue. So the Bible speaks in these generalities, these things that, that all of us are supposed to be living towards. The Holy Spirit comes and says, yeah, you're supposed to love your neighbor, but, but here, <laughs> walk this way because I want to show you this person because I want you to have a conversation with this person. I want this person to be impacted by the way that you live. 
The Bible talks about how we are supposed to belong to a community that is a reflection of Jesus, a.k.a. the church. But the Bible doesn't tell me which community to belong in. It tells me I'm part of the greater church across the world, but it doesn't tell me, hey, I want you to plant yourself, to learn, to go under, to be a part of, to invest in this local body of community, community uh, of, to be my expression in this world. The Bible doesn't tell you which job to take. Holy Spirit does. The Bible doesn't tell you that as you take this job, I'm also preparing you for this job over here, or the whole reason I'm bringing you to this job is for this next step. The Holy Spirit does that. The Holy Spirit is our guide. He's our teacher. Turn with me to Acts chapter 10. I want to walk through a story in Acts. And in Acts, we see the Holy Spirit working in all sorts of ways, right? We see in, in the beginning of Acts, when Jesus promises the helper is going to come, the advocate is going to come. He's going to come. And then we see the Holy Spirit descend on the crowd. And we see through that is the birth of the church. And we see through the work of the Holy Spirit, all these beautiful things come to happen. This community of believers comes together, prays together, reads scriptures together, reads together, are generous with each other, are generous with their community. And then we see this group of people go out into the world and do what Jesus told them to. Go and spread the gospel. Go and open your mouth and tell people about Jesus. And you'll be amazed at what happens. We see uh, the early uh, apostles, they're preaching and they're afraid that they're going to be arrested, that they're going to put in jail, that who knows, they might be killed. And we see them retreat to a room and pray together. And we see the, the Holy Spirit show up in, uh, in this thunderous way in this room and bring them power and courage and boldness to continue to go out and preach the gospel. We see in Acts chapter 8, Philip goes and talks to this Ethiopian who orchestrated the whole conversation. Holy Spirit. Hey, Philip, I got somebody I want you to go talk to. I'm going to go talk to that guy. Yeah, you're going to go talk to that guy. Uh-uh. I'm afraid. I don't know enough. I don't, I don't want to go talk. Don't worry. I got you. Don't worry. I'll, I'll tell you what to say. Don't worry. I'm with you. I've already been working in that guy. Just trust me here. Go and talk to that guy. What's the result of the conversation? Guy believes in Jesus. In Acts chapter 10, I love this story because it follows it kind of all the way through. And we'll get to the final points in the end, but many of them are uh, exhibited in this story. Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10. We have two main characters, Cornelius and Peter. 
Cornelius is praying. He's a Gentile. Peter is a Jew. A little backdrop to this story. We are still in the time, right? We've talked about this a lot with Jesus' ministry and interactions with people. We are still in the time when Jews were coming on scene. They were believing in Jesus, and they thought that Jesus was primarily going to work through them. There are these outsiders called Gentiles. They were over here, and the Jews were experiencing the Holy Spirit. They were experiencing Jesus. They were experiencing all these things, and they thought this was going to be a Jewish thing. And so this story right here starts to break open their understanding of, oh, (laughs) Jesus is including the Gentiles in this story, which... The Gentiles are you and I. We are here today because Gentiles were included in the story. And so Cornelius, he's a, he's a God-fearing, devout Gentile who is following God in some way. And he's sitting there, he's praying, he has a vision that tells him to send some men to go get Peter. Peter is on the roof, he is praying, and he has a dream, a vision, of this blanket coming down. It says this in verse 9, about noon the following day they were on the journey, Uh, Peter went up to the roof to pray, he became hungry and wanted something to eat, and while a meal was being prepared he fell into a trance. He saw heaven open in something like a large sheet being let down to earth by its four corners. It contains all kinds of four-footed animals as well as reptiles and birds. Then a voice told him, get up, Peter, kill and eat. Peter responded, as a good Jewish person would, I know I'm not supposed to eat those things. And so Peter responds, "Uh, surely not, Lord. I've not eaten anything impure. The voice spoke to him a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times. Do you remember Peter? Three things happening at a time. When he denied Jesus, when Jesus reinstated him. And now with this. Three times. And and then the vision was over. And Peter's sitting there wondering, what is this vision about? Now, here's the first thing. When we're sitting here, we're asking the question, is it me or is it the Holy Spirit? Like, I have this big decision to make. I have this thing that I'm up against, and I have a question. If I do something, is it, is it me just wanting to do that? Is it my own desires, or is it the Holy Spirit leading me to do that? The first question that I have is, are you spending time with Jesus? Are you spending time? Reading scripture. Are you spending time praying, talking to Jesus? Are you spending time in community with other Jesus followers? Because for both Peter and Cornelius, it started with their prayer time. It started with them already creating space to be with the Holy Spirit. 
Surprise, surprise, the Holy Spirit spoke out of both of those times. He said, hey, I want you guys to meet up. Something really profound, something really important is going to happen here. So Peter has this vision, and then in uh, Acts 10, uh, 19, while Peter was still thinking about the vision, the what? Spirit said to him, Simon, three men are looking for you. Get up and go downstairs. Do not hesitate to go with them, for I have sent them. I wonder what that vision meant. Like I had this dream. I wonder what it meant. What could it mean? Oh, Holy Spirit. Oh, three guys are coming to my house and I'm supposed to go with them. Okay, I can do that. So what happens? Three guys show up. Peter goes with them to Cornelius' house. And this is the interesting part. Is through this story, the Holy Spirit broke open all sorts of cultural and social guidelines that they were following. Because culturally speaking, Peter should have never gone to Cornelius' house. That was even the church's mindset. Peter says this in verse 27. While talking with them, Peter went inside and found a large gathering of people. He said to them, you are well aware that it is against our law for a Jew to associate with or even visit a Gentile. But, (laughs) but God has shown me that I should not call anything impure or unclean. So when I was sent for, I came without raising any objection. May I ask why you are sending for me? Cornelius starts to explain his part of the story. I was praying. I feel the Holy Spirit talking to me. There's this guy who we need to go and get and bring him over here because he has a message for us. And we need to listen to everything you say. Preacher's dream, by the way. Peter starts, launches into this sermon. And guess what happens? In verse 44, while Peter was still speaking these words, he's still mid-message, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles. They're sitting there, they're going, we don't think this would have ever happened, but it's happening. Like the Holy Spirit has led us here. The Holy Spirit gave you a dream, gave you a dream, sent for you, orchestrated all this to happen, and now we are here. This is amazing. So that was their shared experience. Peter was also a part of a larger community also wasn't sure that this was a thing that could happen, right? The larger church community was sitting there going, we, we, we don't think the Holy Spirit is going to come in the Gentiles. We think this is only for us. 
And so what happens? People start talking. People that are a part of that community. And then Peter goes to them and he explains what took place. Because this was completely something that was outside of the bounds of what they thought could happen. So Peter tells them the story. I had this vision. Cornelius had this vision. I went and I preached my best sermon ever. And the Holy Spirit came and filled the room. And then this group of, this whole family, this whole household was baptized. And it says at the end, 18, chapter 11, verse 18, when they heard this, they had no further objections and they praised God. So then even to the Gentiles, God has granted repentance that leads to life. Why do I tell that story? I think there's a few questions that are helpful for us. When we are trying to make decisions, we are trying to follow the Holy Spirit. And we are trying to determine, like, is this just something I want to do? Or is this something the Holy Spirit is calling me to do? Now, every now and then, you'll have that thing that you do not want to do, but you hear the Holy Spirit saying, hey, go and do this. No, I don't want to do this, but you're going to go do this because it's going to be amazing what I'm going to do through this. But so often, I think this thing of what I want to do, what the Holy Spirit is calling me to, there's this dance in there. There's this tension. So the first question Are you spending time in prayer in scriptures? Because it's often in that time that the Holy Spirit is working. Romans 8 says, even when we don't think the Holy Spirit is working, or even when we can't hear the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is still working. So in that time that you set aside for Jesus... It can be when you're driving in the car. It could be your devotional time. It could be when you're going for a walk or a run, when you're listening to a podcast. Like, whatever it is, that time that you set aside for Jesus to spend with Jesus, are you doing it? Because I found it's awfully hard to speak to someone when they're running past you and they don't take any time to sit and have a conversation. The next question, is whatever you're wrestling with, whatever you're deciding, does it align with scripture? I have a lot of conversations about theological things with people. And sometimes somebody will be like, I think I'm changing my position in this area theologically. My first question, what's causing you to change your mind on that. Because there's a couple options, right? It's something culturally. Well, the rest of society seems to be going this way, so I'm going to go along too. My friend's doing this, so I'm going to do it too. My friend believes this, so I might as well believe it too. So, so it could be something Culturally. The other option is that you are reading scripture and you 
it's revealed to you by the Holy Spirit, through the Holy Spirit, to change your mind on this issue. Much like Peter and Cornelius. But oftentimes when I ask somebody, well, why are you changing your mind on this theological issue or this thing? They don't have a good answer. It more aligns with, well, this is what my friends believe, or this is what culture believes. Church. Church. We have to align with Scripture. We have to allow the Holy Spirit to be guiding us in teaching us Scriptures. So that's the second question. First one, are you spending time in prayer, reading Scriptures in community, Second question is you're coming up on a decision, does it align with scripture? Now there's a lot of things that, that we make decisions on the Holy Spirit lead us in that is part of that generality of scripture or is something you can't really find in scripture. So that leads me to the next question. As you're praying, as you're reading scripture, as you're taking small steps of faith, are doors opening or are doors closing? Because I find when the Holy Spirit is behind something, doors start to open. And then the last piece that we find at the end of this story, and it's probably throughout, but we experience it more in the end. Are you discerning in community with other Christ followers that are your friends? But are following Jesus. Does the community affirm what is going on? I, I think I'm hearing from the Holy Spirit. It aligns with scripture. I'm spending time praying, creating space for the Holy Spirit to speak to me. Doors keep opening. And my group of people around me that support me, that are praying for me, also say, keep going. Because if, if it's a work of the Holy Spirit, it'll work in the other Jesus followers. And they will bless it. Now every now and then, you're feeling this Holy Spirit. You're feeling you want to make this decision. Jesus followers around you are going, ah, I don't know if that's a good idea. I'm not on board. It's the first caution flag to go, oh, maybe I need to take more time. Maybe I need to pray more. Maybe I need to read more scripture. Maybe I need to stay connected to the Holy Spirit. Maybe I need to take some time before taking the next step. Worship team will come up. Who's in the middle of a decision right now that you're trying to make? That you're kind of asking that question. I, is it me? Is it the Holy Spirit? If, if that's you, just raise your hand. I want to pray for you. All right. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we invite you in. You are already working. 
all around us. But we invite you in and we ask you to raise our awareness of who you are and what you are doing. And specifically, Holy Spirit, in this conversation about how you guide us, how you lead us, what that looks like. I specifically want to pray for those in our community that are trying to make these decisions and asking these questions. Is it me or is it you, Holy Spirit? And I pray your filling. I pray your guidance. I pray that as they create space for you, that you would speak. And they would know, whether it's in a loud voice or a small whisper, that it's you guiding, leading, helping. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Let's all stand together.